So you guys want to start? You guys good? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, yeah. Uh, welcome to the podcast. I went to film school, the podcast about film school and uh, life after film school. Our guest this week is Siddharth. Siddharth, you want to say hi? Hey, guys. How are you? <laughs> great. As if we haven't been shooting this shit for like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Siddharth, uh, you also went to York, like Moss and I, which at this point, I guess, really shouldn't be a surprise to anyone who's been listening right. for a while. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, Siddharth, like, just tell us, tell us, like, you know, like what you majored in and what you like, and, and like, uh, yeah, just tell us about your major at York and whatnot. Yeah, sounds good. Um, well, York, it was, uh, again, as cliche as it sounds, it's, it was an interesting experience. Um, but the, the most, uh, most part of it, I quite enjoyed it. I quite enjoyed the experience. It was, uh, it was interesting in the way that I get to meet um, a lot of new creatives. The networking aspect made good friends. Um, I also got the opportunity to make uh, two good films. Um, and sorry, and, I don't mean to interrupt, right. but like just uh, no, no. just so our like our listeners know, like between the three of us, we're kind of like the triumvirate of like what you can take in film at York, right? Because like Siddharth, so your production, Moss was yeah. cinema studies, and I was screenwriting. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Sorry, um, keep going though. Yeah. Um, what the, um, the best, the, the experiences um, I got from uh, making those films, as you all know, Sai, we worked together in both of the films, actually three films we worked together. Yes. And um, so those experiences are very memorable. And that's something that did shape me quite a lot as a filmmaker in um, understanding how a set works, how how to interact with people, how to work with other creatives, especially if uh, they are working just in um, just as a service or just for uh, for credits. Um, so um, that did shape me in a way that I I know what I want to make now, or it kind of gives you a, a direction on what um, what my craft is, or let me focus on specifics of, uh, of of film that I want to follow or go behind. The problems I had is is <laughs> is, more, <laughs> is basically, I think, overbears my um, things that I really liked about uh, my studies. Um, I think the structure of the school was completely not my cup of tea. Um, like in what sense? Like what? What part of the structure stru- do you like? Structure um, in lot of lot of things. Like let's say let's start with uh, you remember the chaos we have to go through on booking equipment at school. Do you remember like how much of a stress that was? Yeah, getting schedules. Uh, first of all, we need to make sure that the crew we have will work within that uh, time frame that that's given to us. And plus, we need to find a cast that will uh, also be okay with that time schedule. Yeah. On top of that, we have to deal with the the schedules and the egos that, that <laughs> ran in the equipment room. You know, um, that was quite difficult for me. And quite, um, to be honest, after paying um, tuition, I don't have to deal with that. I shouldn't be, or like any student shouldn't be dealing with such a, um, such a troubling atmosphere to just pick up 
Equipment. Yeah, and if like, and if you are dealing with that, I found like the faculty should have done more to try and help, or at least more to try and meet in the middle or assist more than they did. Exactly, exactly. At least a better communication between the faculty and the staffs of uh, the equipment room was was important to me. I think because like you remember, like some of the profs don't communicate with the the person who runs the equipment room and then we are the people in the middle we are like really confused i thought that an approval email was sent oh no no approval i got i didn't get no approval we had to deal with that for like three days and wow. then finally we probably get a yes or no from one of them and yeah. hearing that um, yeah you oh gosh. sorry go ahead no I, good, I was, good good um, i was just gonna say um sorry moss we're gonna sorry <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, uh, it's sorry. I was just going to quickly say that's see, that's really surprising because um, I remember, I guess, like the two people who I knew of that were in charge of the equipment room, they always seemed like they were very beloved amongst the, the cohort. And yet it seems like there were still issues when they were probably not to their fault of their own, but just like not even communicating with like department faculty is it's hmm. just ridiculous. Like <laughs> how how are students how are students expected to be able to like kind of do more of the work than the professors were it's just, i don't know sorry it's just <sighs> no it's it's very true that that's what i was getting at too because like it's first of all we all are new to that atmosphere we are new to such a um, time framed production with the money involved we are investing our money and the school also provides us money but again that is our money because we are paying tuition. so the money is involved we have that stress going on and we have to run other people's schedule and safety and a lot of other things and on top of that something that the school provides should not be such such a chaotic and it, it, to me, it's an, like me and Sam, my DP, used to joke around the fact that it was an adventure going into the equipment room because, like, <laughs> you might get it, you might not. Because, like, it's a, it's a reality. Like, it, it's just like the first year we were like, okay, we didn't even bother because I think in the second year film, um, they didn't have any rules on we have to use a spe- a specific equipments or they, we didn't even, quite honestly, also, we didn't even. The other issue with second year, Siddharth, and correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't we kind of like almost the lowest on the totem pole and that the best equipment was kind of going to the upper year films, like the third and fourth year films? So we were kind of stuck with whatever was left over? Yes. I if, Am I right? Like, I think the year after is when they actually invested on some stuff for the second year students, if I'm correct. Yeah, this is when we were fucking done with it. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had, we were using the Panasonic 720p cameras. Um, a couple of them shot in that film, like shot in that camera. But uh, we chose our own, we bought our own cameras, I remember, um, shooting visiting grandma uh, in 28 degree, uh, minus 28 degrees Celsius. And, uh, and also, I remember the sound gear they gave us glitched throughout the production. And it, uh, yeah, and and everything, the, everything that could go boom, wrong, right? And the boom pole couldn't hold the mic, and the mic kept <laughs> falling on the snow. And oh my god, it was, I don't know, that, that it's chaotic, but nothing compared to the, the years followed, right? Uh, <laughs> so, just to just to take a step 
back here and like yeah. give our um our listeners some context so yes. siddharth and i when it comes to how siddharth and i know each other in film school siddharth i think mm-hmm. you were like my most consistent collaborator when it comes to when it came to like actually making short films like Indeed. yeah at york Indeed. so just to kind of give a brief rundown for everybody um in second year uh ever uh, all the screenwriting students, all the production students had the opportunity to write a 10 page short film. And there, you know, the constrictions were that like, it was like three people, one location. Um, some people like kind of, or it could be two locations if they were adjacent to one another. Anyways, we had to pitch these to the, to the uh, faculty and the production faculty would choose, I think 12 of them to be made. And mine got chosen and Siddharth was interested in directing mine. And that's how Siddharth and I started working together. Mm-hmm. Then in third year, Siddharth and I worked together in a short film. This time it was Siddharth's story. And I was helping him like, kind of like uh, turn it into a script. Mm-hmm. In fourth, and that was, uh, and that was a much you, bigger year. you were the producer. Yeah, and I also came on manager. as producer slash kind of, kind of co-production manager. manager yeah. <laughs> that's uh, we'll, we'll get into that though. <laughs> Uh, and in fourth year, Siddharth, I know you went with another, another one of our friend scripts who yeah. we should eventually have on the podcast, Claire Bosnich. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, she uh, and uh, so it was her script, but I came on as production manager as well as producer for that and helped us right. secure locations and some casting and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like the rundown of how Siddharth and I have worked together. Worked together, yeah. Um, I think our milestones in all the years we were together, I think, in a way. Um, for me personally, I think you were part of all my milestones. Um, Thank you. And you as well. Seriously, I learned so much from working on like sets with you. Like just like I remember the one of the biggest lessons I well, okay, this is kind of small in retrospect, but uh I remember when it comes to casting, I had to learn the hard way with working like on your films that um uh that if you can hold auditions, but if you hold them like to north in Toronto, like every time we held auditions at York University and like booked a room at York, we would uh, we would get like all these people like responding to our online posts saying like, Oh yeah, I'm going to come audition. And uh, we'd have like 15 people set up for one day and like maybe three would show up in the end. And that's how I learned that every time you have to book audition space, you need to like put it in more of a central part of the city. Yeah. Yeah. That's very really true. I, we never, we never did that though. Right. Like I, I don't know. We, like, <laughs> we never wound up doing that. Yeah, in the end. No, no. But that's because only because in, in, in like when we were coming into it in fourth year, like that was my plan, but you already had a lot of your cast already picked out. Remember? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, I think with Curry, we had, it was very limited choices. We had, uh, there were not a lot of, uh, uh my native language, Malayalam speaking actors in So we had to find through our friends and family and social media. That's how we found um, our three or four uh, options we had. And like that's, it was very limited. Um, um, For visiting grandma, I think it was a bit more complicated too, because it was quite last minute at at a casting. I think somebody flopped on us too, I remember yeah, I remember. Um, like, I can, we, I can tell the story if you want, but go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> uh, so I'll keep it brief. But like, I remember that was um, that was so nerve wracking because, okay, so basically visiting grandma, we needed two middle aged women and kind of a younger kid. And I originally wrote it for like a much younger kid, but it ended up being like a nine year old or a ten year old. Anyway, mm-hmm. but on our we secured like we we found our cast on the first day of shooting. All of a sudden, one of the women who was like one of the lead roles all of a sudden decided that she couldn't act in the snow and like how, with how cold it was. And like, we always <laughs> she had, a, did, we had, she did have a panic attack though. She was a uh, oh, freezing, okay. like she Sorry. was started, she started shivering. 
Oh, um, I forgot about that. She couldn't breathe. So okay. Okay. That, that I'm, I'm, I'm never. I'm. That's for me. I've never seen panic attack happen uh, to anyone before. So that was my first time, um, and it was quite scary because I don't know whether because it was really cold. Oh God! And she's really skinny, and also like a, a, a an older woman. So like, um, oh, wow. I didn't know whether she had an, any underlying health conditions because we don't have that much of insurance during our second year. Um, right, I don't think right. even any of our uh, third year or fourth year, we didn't have any kind of health insurance to uh, protect our uh, active. So I was nervous about the legal and uh, safety issues of her because I don't know what's happening to it. Um, and we are in the countryside, uh, we were in, uh, Bolton, so there is not a lot of, um, walk-in clinics open, um, during that time. Um, and it was, it was okay. Go ahead. Uh, you can continue. Yeah, the story. Sorry. I misremembered that part. That's my bad. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, really. in the end, uh, we, we couldn't, we, we couldn't, we are, our plan was to shoot that all in one day and, uh, we essentially couldn't in the end. And mm-hmm. We wound up, um, she pretty well quit the project after that. And we right. wound up uh, uh, essentially finding someone else who, and that worked out. And like the next time we went back, it worked out well. But I remember just being stressed out because, I mean, obviously we didn't know how to like, we weren't exactly adept to handle like the whole panic attack situation. Right. Um, we do what we could in the end. And like, uh, did we end up taking her to a clinic, Siddharth? I yes, can't remember. Yes, I I. Um, since you, your car didn't have enough space, we had to, I called one of my friends, he came over, um, and he helped us take, um, take her to the hospital because I think he also knew the, the people in the clinic, not hospital, clinic. Um, and right. they, I think immediately they diagnosed that it was just a panic attack. Jeez. Um, and I think she also, um, later on in the phone calls, she told us, they told, uh, I, I don't remember. I, I know that we separately had a conversation with her. With me, she told me that she uh, she was really nervous about the production for some reason, and I think she hasn't acted in uh, acted for a while. Right. Hmm. Um, um, I believe there might be um, some kind of underlying physical condition she had, which was probably not our business, so she didn't want to tell us. But it by the end of the day, it was quite unfortunate because we lost almost like um, a whole day production worth of money on top of all that we lost um we we couldn't use any of the footage we shot for like a good four or five hours um in minus 30 degrees celsius with uh, no heaters no um no tents to kind of keep us warm for a little bit even the coffees couldn't stay warm, even though we had. Um, I remember we kept getting those Tim's Take Ten things. Yes, and it, it couldn't stay uh, warm. Remember, uh, you had to like throw it away and go, get another one by the halfway yep. through the production. Oh, yeah, um, I remember, and um, yeah. I also remember a big stress was the fact that like a big stress factor for us was the fact that uh, this whole thing took place in a graveyard, and we were mm-hmm. able to find a beautiful graveyard. In Cal, in a, what was it, Calden? Or, no, it was Bol- Bolton. Calden, Bolton. Basically, they were the, almost like, I think, this place is in between. Right. And that was like, thanks to you, Siddharth. Like, was it, it was you or a friend who had that connection, right? Sack. Um, uh, Shakir. Shakir was, uh, that's a friend who helped us uh, take it to the hospital as well. And, right. Uh, yeah, he helped us with the location. He I was, is the location manager now. 
Yeah, I was so afraid that we wouldn't be able to. Uh, is he a location manager now? Yes, he works uh, for like he is part of uh, the guild. Oh wow, that's and, awesome! Good yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, uh, what was I saying? Uh, but uh, I was just freaked out that we wouldn't be able to get the location again. Luckily, they like the the people who owned it were letting us film there were very relaxed and they didn't care yes. that, we would, that we came back like the next. Yeah, like, yeah no, nobody <laughs> came to check up on us um, or anything. Um, the best part was like we were close to houses, but we are also pretty much away from. Um, houses as well so that i don't think there was uh, there was going to be any problem with people invading and hey like you guys are not supposed to be here or anything like that so yeah. that was lucky and um, you're right Zach. like that was our biggest concern are we going to get the space back and are we going to get another actor on time to have the film um uh, done at a certain time i think we had a rushes due in a week or so uh we even yeah. debated on a complete rewrite making this film about them being at uh, a graveyard to completely being at home. Remember? Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, I remember that. Oh, Jesus wow. Christ. <laughs> or at the end of that first day, like all of like pretty well everyone like who was part of the production crew, we were all sitting at Tim Hortons and like completely dreamed and brainstorming what our like worst case scenario was going to be. It would be, yeah. Yeah, that was... At that point, I'm like, no way. I, 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 I was in my head. I'm like, no way. This film is going to be a one location. In, well, it is a one location, but like going to be an indoor or a studio film. It doesn't yeah. make sense. It's not going to make sense. And I remember. Uh, what, I don't know. It's funny because then when we came back the next week with the new actor, like yeah. everything, it couldn't have gone smoother. Like, do you yes, remember that? Yes. We yes, were smarter. I still have a like. I we communicate. Uh, um, randomly um, through uh, social media, um, yeah, she she was amazing. She just came. Right, the new she, actress, yeah. Carolyn Jackson, I believe. Yes, Ka- no, Carol was. All, oh, no. she was there before. Um, she was. She came. Right. She was also being. She was also really nice enough to be. Uh, she come for another day. She didn't have no problems, and she was understanding of the complete situation. And she came for the next day of production as well. Right and. Uh, Lewis, uh, on the other hand, was somebody we found um, last minute, but she turned out to be a really, really amazing actress. And also, most importantly, really easy to work with, especially considering our non-experience being on a film set and running a film set. And again, it's like one of the bigger productions I'm doing for the first time, too. So was, yeah, she uh, was great. And we were smarter and like we did our best to keep like I'm pretty pretty sure my car was idling the whole day with the heat blasting. So yes, every time yeah. we weren't shooting with the actors, they could just jump in my car. Because as crappy yes, as my car yes. was, the heating worked very well. <laughs> very well. Yeah. And also we had the the child actress family waiting outside, and she always got the opportunity to just go outside and take a break, if you remember yeah. that. And uh, so like, yeah, the only yeah. us we got called. <laughs> Nobody, we made right? sure yeah. that actor, yeah. <laughs> and the kid actor was great, and the family was nice. They came all the way from Belleville. Yes, yes. Wow, yeah. that's that's yeah. quite the. Yeah. I, I was gonna yeah. say, I've never heard. Uh, I I never knew about the the story on on the, the set Mars, here. I'm, I definitely told you about this in second year uh, at some point. Well, yeah. I, I don't <laughs> think I heard the whole detail about like one of your actors kind of suffering a panic attack and stuff. Like I, I or maybe you did tell me, but it's been so long. But like. I definitely, wow, what a, oh my God. I couldn't imagine that being like one of my first short films too. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it was a nightmare. But by the end of the day, I think the, the entire crew, um, the crew was really on top of it. The crew was really understanding of the situation. Yeah. 
and mm. I'm always grateful for that. Like they, they, Sam, Asak, um, I think we had Moira, Mariah, uh, they were the main crew and I yeah. had a couple of helps from my friends who was there just assisting us with the PA stuff. Um, in that cold and thinking about another day coming out on the cold doing the same thing again, um, they had no issues with it. They were understanding and they were ready uh, to they were ready to do anything um, or any way we want to go. We want to go make it into a studio film. They're open to it. Um, but yeah, that's I think that's really important as that they were willing to help us out again. They can easily say, hey, hey, I don't think I can do this again. But I think I'm always grateful for that. Yeah, they, uh, they did a good job. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was a good experience. And then do you remember we got that dolly shot with our, our DP car? Sam literally in the, <laughs> the trunk, the open trunk of my car while I very slowly drove? <laughs> yeah, like I, nowadays we can just do it with a gimbal if I'm thinking about it. Like it's so much easier. Yeah. But at that time, he's like, hey, Sam, like you, that's the only way we can begin to finish that movie, to be honest. Do you remember that? Yeah. We had almost 20 shots left and we had, we were all, uh, we were, two hours or hour and a half away from losing daylight. Yeah. And oh, wow. we're like, oh man, the only way we're going to do this is um, just do this in one take. And it did create quite a lot of problems during post because problems in delivery with the lines, if I want to cut it up and I want to fix some of the lines and uh, the awkwardness of the blocking was very visible um because we had to rush that scene but at the same time i was so happy that it turned out to be kind of emotional they both performed very well and they were kind of genuine at their performance and uh, uh, we just ran it once um i think three times the same take um one long take a good yeah and it worked five minute ten minute late take i think <laughs> yeah wow it was fun it was fun yeah. that's really impressive for like a like a first again, I wouldn't, you know, maybe not like first film ever, but like still like one of your first kind of like bigger university short films, like short yeah. film. Yes. It's, yeah. it's a, it's in a way it's a milestone, right? Like I think that kind of, um, if I make that film decides my future, uh, in making other fiction films in the coming years, the third and the fourth year. Yeah, um, and like for uh, for a bunch of twenty year olds running around a graveyard, I think we did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and again, don't forget the the cold part. The cold is the worst. Oh, like God, it yeah. slows us down so much. I uh, think after after like shooting that, I don't think I ever wanted to write the words exterior on a screenplay ever again. <laughs> yes, yeah, like especially if you if we know the schedule is going to be in November December, exterior like for example, it also like to be honest, you're right. Like, it kind of traumatized me. Like whenever I'm thinking about story ideas, when it comes to me me um, if winter, if I'm thinking okay, I can't probably shoot in the snow, then I'm like maybe not, and then I just cut it up. Yeah, like, let's not let's not do yeah. this ever again. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like any any even like if you've got like a really great like winter idea in your head, it's like ah, uh, I just mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Or to me as a, a creative or writer or um, a filmmaker, um, winter doesn't come into my head because mm. I think my 16, 16 years of my life I spent in a, a tropical weather. I'm so used to uh, being soaked in sweat rather than uh, bundling up, you know? Mm. So the, mm. the, my emotions and my stories generally try to be on the warmer side of the, 
yeah. just overlay. I try to go on the warmer side because I like to show the colors. I'm not a great fan of winter, but there are films like Fargo, which just makes the setting look really impressive that you want to make a film like that. Yeah. You want to shoot a film in the winter like that. I remember, I remember after watching like The Hateful Eight, I really just wanted to write like a really snowy story. Very true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But Hateful Eight is pretty brilliant in the way that a lot of it happens in, indoor too. Um, yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, like I think good chunk of the film is indoor one location yeah that's that's fair i'm also yeah. sorry we've been like we like siddharth this has almost just been siddharth and i and like siddharth's <laughs> no, no, like the no, new co-host good. with us just talking about this i'm sorry right, no, no right. that's good just, that's good yeah just memories we just uh, as long like when we go down memories we just like keep going back to it i think uh, just circle around the same story <laughs> right yeah so Anything, siddharth sorry mm-hmm. go ahead no, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to, okay, so like one of our questions we always love to ask uh, everyone, and we kind of cover this a bit, but like what do you think like is the one like most important thing you learn from your experience in film school and like something like you probably always like take with you? Um, Assuming you haven't already, we haven't already talked about it. Yeah, and aside um, from like don't don't make a film in winter. <laughs> 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 um, well, I think most importantly, um, it, the ego factor is something that uh, um, I learned a lot because working with other people um, and understanding and listening to other, other crew members of yours or the, your collaborators is something that um, will always stay with me. Something that I really learned from film school too. To know when you are wrong and when you are right is really important. It's something that I learned from these productions. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I need like, for example, the the, the whole long take scene. Um, I don't know how happy I was during at that time to take that option, even though I came up with that idea. But um, to keep the film rolling and to keep uh, my crew and everybody in um, in a good space, I had to make that decision. And listen to my DP suggesting some of the options, and especially with like that, especially with like in post production stages when it also gets complicated, right? Like um, we want it one way, and then the editor decides, okay, it doesn't work um, how you shot it. You might have to rethink how you want to place a scene. Um, understanding and listening to the editor was also something um, that I learned. Like you have to, yeah, to make sure if you're collaborating with someone you have to understand that they are going to put their own um, feedback on it. And if you agree with it and you feel ready to run with it, um, that will shape your film to be good or you'll yeah. be happy with it then at the end of the mm. day. Yeah. I think the ego thing is something that like not enough people take away from film school. <laughs> yes. That, that is something that another um, negative part of uh, the film school I realized um, is that there is the, the the clique concept, the idea of uh, people going, um, sting, sitting, uh, sticking with their own circles, and uh, I don't know. We all, I I was always on an understanding that we all are there to learn. We all are there to share our experiences. We all are there to share things that we know that other people don't, and study or learn from other people things that you don't know. Uh, yeah, that's something I lacked at uh, York Film School. Um, there was so much of uh, 
I don't know whether ego is a thing, but I do ex- did experience a lot of ego collisions. And um, the whole idea of I'm better than you, I make better films than you, um, I'm uh, my film is better, your film is better. I, I don't know. I, I never mm. agree with that. Okay, it might be. You might film, you might be a, a more intuitive uh, director than a lot of other people, but um, when it comes to a school, and everybody is learning, it's important that we keep those kind of emotions away and share what we know and learn to other people and just um, collaborate as artists and human beings rather than just egoistic, uh, egoistic um, privileged people. You know, it's, I don't know. I, it's just uh, something that I didn't like about York. No, that's um, like a really good way to put it too. Like mm-hmm. fucking film school needs something like that, a plaque, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like I feel like the one of the bigger issues with the the amount of kind of cliques and groups of friends that became very kind of exclusive was was in part because like even though as you said very well like you know um we're here to learn we're not here to like kind of compete with each other mm-hmm. at that same time like um the way that the that like a competitive arts industry kind of sets you up like we're, we're constantly learning about how like you know kind of not cutthroat the industry is necessarily but we're kind mm-hmm. of already learning about um that it's not easy you really have to be able to impress people so when people are kind of thinking almost even though we were in a group setting we're thinking almost selfishly right you're thinking like man i really want like the best dop i could get i really want like the Very best true. sound person that there is mm-hmm. so it becomes kind of it just kind of becomes its own problem yeah yeah and i think the only people who can stop this from happening are uh, our professors or the faculties they could have yeah, that was it. my yeah i actually they, had a question do you think like this do you think the faculty at york sometimes encouraged or like like let that kind of feeling 100 i would say i would even say 150 percent uh mm. yeah there was there are favoritisms and uh, yeah oh, that's true there is which is we already know um um but uh, other than favoritism there's like a, a professor should not be discussing another student's film with another student which you, I, do, do you have any stories do you have any specific events I, I do but i don't know what i want to say it <laughs> you can you can but, leave names out or leave <laughs> fake names or if you do name names moss can bleep them but if you want to just leave names out like you can't or but the, like, let's just say that I've heard multiple professors, not just one professor, multiple professors discussing other films, students' films with another students. And I think that does add to the student who is hearing the story from the professors feel a bit more egoistic about them. Oh, my professor is telling me a story about the student because she believes that I'm a better filmmaker. Not really. Mm. Uh, yeah. And I don't think that should be a thing. A professor should not be making comments about other students, especially, okay, you, um, we all know we had really loud and uh, uh, not very diplomatic uh, professors during our <laughs> year study. Uh, so, diplomatic. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> well, um, I'm just being, trying to be politically correct a little bit, but uh, um, we, it's, it's um and they all have raised their opinions about certain people who we were in class with loudly and very clearly um mm. and we already know that i don't think it's fair for them to go behind other students 
to um, and speak about speak about them to other students as well. It's, I don't know. It just it doesn't work for me. It it's not the correct way for a teacher to be teaching. Um, uh, just gossiping about other students and how they films, um, especially if you didn't openly say the truth about how they felt about the film to a student. Um, and that different definitely creates um, a barrier between the student and the professor and between students in the same class, same program, all, all fighting for the same the competitive goal. Competitive elements of, of and film the teachers school. Uh, talking to other uh, yes, yes, about, uh, right. about each other. Pro, yeah, professors uh, like engaging in gossip. Like ugh. yes, yes, it's, uh, not all of them though. <laughs> but yeah, not all of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, I mean, that was one of the the good things I think about the the faculty that you know they in some ways even though you can sometimes put a lid on it (laughs) yeah like Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna i guess it's it's partially because i i got a little i got the opportunity to become a little more closer with plenty of the faculty over there but Mm -hmm. i know that for uh, like i know that many of them are really good it's just that like it it really boggled my mind um you know and i had my own beef with many of the studies profs but Every right. time I would hear about like a pr- specifically production professors or I guess like uh, instructors just being like, I, you know, just just from this discussion it's alone. But the worst. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, like just, just again. Um, yeah. Like pitting kind of students against each other, like telling students that they shouldn't work with each, you know, just really weird, you know, kind of uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's very true. Um, Damn, boss. That, <laughs> it, it's very problematic, man. I think it's it's especially people with such experience and um, education and uh, age much older than us shouldn't be investing themselves in such uh, petty uh, discussions with uh, mm-hmm, other students. Mm-hmm. It is... At that point, what's the difference between us and us? We are much younger than them recognizing the problem from the roots. It's, it sort of shows a problem. That's like it, it clearly states that these certain professors need to understand this space or probably need a different kind of uh, education to uh, have a little bit of uh, courtesy among, uh, the, like, you know, when, among the people they teach. Um, yeah. Uh, so all that being said, mm-hmm. Siddharth, this is sometimes a question we ask our, our guests, but uh, if you could, knowing what you know now and like everything we've talked about, if you could go back and talk to yourself, like talk to like the version of you who was like just about to go into film school at like the end of high school and all that, do you think, would you still, would you still tell yourself to go to York? What, what would you tell yourself to like prepare for? What would you, knowing what you know now, what would you no, have done differently? No, uh, you're, uh, I wouldn't go back to uh... York. I would probably even rather stick stay away from uh, um, university film school in general. Um, really? Again, so- again, again, it depends upon what you want to do with your career. It also depends upon you as a person, as an individual too. And I'm not a very academic, uh, academic oriented person. Mm-hmm. Like my, I had a really hard time back in India studying my uh, like going with physics and stuff, and I was not a really great student. Um, my 
considering all that and all these research papers and these natural signs and gen ed courses that you have to take just uh, just for York to make money, um, I don't, those things are something that I would never go back to or want to go back to. Mm. Um, and if I had a choice mm. or if I knew better at that time, I would not even have chosen uh, that street. Um, I, I don't know. It's just personal. I think it depends from people to people. I uh, personally wouldn't, wouldn't, would, wouldn't have done it if I was. Do you I think you'd have preferred like a more focused like college program or career college program that maybe was only like two years and rather than, I guess, maybe this is a dumb question after everything you've said, but like just solely focused on production yeah. ends and yes. have yeah, all like, these like gen ed courses. More than, yeah, yeah, completely. Um, um, let's talk about Shakir right now. He did, me and him, we applied to York together um, and we also applied to Humber together and I got into Humber and York. Shakir got into um, York's BA program, um, but he wanted to do production stuff. He went to Humber. The good thing about uh, the Humber program, I'm not trying to uh, sell the Humber program in this uh, uh, in this podcast, but I'm just saying like, the good thing about such program was that they provided um, a proper structure for internships. Um, they hmm. It's not another paid course like we had at York where you have to pay $700 to first of all, sit in that class, second of all, go um, find ourselves an internship. Um, right. I think our our program or um, film is re- it's really important. I personally think it's really important that um, we need at least a year year of internship um, working in industry. And York should, or I don't know whether what Ryson does. York should provide some kind of support for students to see how real world works. Um, they, with their connections, they should use to get their students on set. Um, and that definitely teaches a lot about how it works. They, that definitely teaches us professionalism. Um, um, again, the most important part of it is networking. Um, already knowing that our school and our, um, between our friends itself, we have cliques and egos, um, when it it's it's important to network outside of school it's important to network and learn how the the actual world works Mm -hmm. i personally think york does not prepare us for that it doesn't prepare us uh to how to make um i'm i'm still confused how to make a filmmaker resume um what is the real format for a filmmaker's resume or a film editor's resume it's and I think these are important, um, especially when mm. you're trying to find yourself some work to do. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I can't. I, yeah, sorry, Zach, you go ahead. No, go ahead. No, Moss, you, you see. Um, yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Siddharth. Like, the, the, I thought it was actually quite, like, shocking when I found out about York's field placement programs and stuff, and it was just so lax compared to um, my friend who went to Seneca just as an example, uh, Seneca for like, I think TV, um, like a more specific mm-hmm. media production uh, mm-hmm. diploma. And yeah, he was saying that like, that was a big thing was not only did they get a class where they were kind of trained specifically on how to like, kind of get your foot in the door with some, with, with kind of various production uh, 
I don't know, like uh, parts or like kind of elements of the industry. They would also just like kind of do it for them anyway. Like they would just kind of set them up with people and, and put them right into, as you were saying, like, I don't know how exactly it works at Humber, but like, you know, setting up internships and like really making sure that like, you're not just going to the school for just kind of like theoretical education. You're going there because, you know, you're paying a lot of money and it's, it's there to really kind of like give you the, the tools that you want to succeed in an industry potentially. So I feel mm-hmm. like that is really important. Like, I feel yeah. like that's an aspect that I'm super shocked that universities really don't do. It seems like it's just such yep. a, it's a it's low priority for because them. Because like, well, because high school is all about, well, in Indian stuff, it, this is not how it works. Like Indian high school system is completely, made, completely different from how um, Canada handles it. Hmm. In Canada, something that I really enjoyed about high school system is that they prep you for university. It's kind of considered as university prep, right? Like if I'm correct, they drive me wrong. If I'm wrong, hmm. I think they, they say it as it's a high school, it's a university prep program. And then they prepare you to um, and kind of give you mentorship, mentorship on how to choose courses and how to um, how to choose what you want to do um, after high school. Um, with York uh, or with with university, um, I feel like they never give you that. They never give you um, what to do after university. They never tell you or direct us what to do after university. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Especially I, I... for. Uh, 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 especially for a st- course like ours, which mm-hmm. definitely needs outdoor uh, a placement, field placement, uh, shadowing with other creatives, mm-hmm. uh, learning the industry standards. Let's all say, like I, I was, um, I was in a program uh, run run by the um, by POC initiative um, by by POC TV on um, Facebook. They ran. This program called Mentorship Mondays, where you can um, um, you have fifteen minute uh, Zoom call sessions with the industry standard professionals, and I got the opportunity to have a discussion with uh, Warren Sonenda. He's uh, hmm. the new director's guild uh, director, and um, he's um, and also uh, Sandy Pereira, who's uh, uh, editing um, post production supervisor. She has supervised films like uh, Robocop. Um, so we were having a conversation with her and I, I, no, we, I was having a conversation with her and she was saying our industrial standard um, editing software is uh, Avid. And hmm. York doesn't even have Premiere, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, they don't have Avid. And yeah. they don't even tell us to use Avid um, for an editing program to learn this is the software that the industry uses and it's good that you learn yourself. Um, I'm not saying that they need to run um, uh, a, a tutorial class where um, the professor is teaching us how to use an editing software, but giving us an opportunity to use an, a, a software which is an industry standard for almost a decade now is really important for a film program. And I don't think mm-hmm. it's absurd for me to expect them to have Avid in their computers in their own studios, no, at least for third and fourth year. Um, my girlfriend is in there. Uh, she she was in the graphic design program at York, and it comes with the the the, pro, the tuition inclu- includes 
the entire Creative Cloud um, purchase. And they can use any software. It comes in the Creative Cloud. And it, for us, we have to buy our own uh, software. Is that the, do you remember that most? Like, I'm pretty sure like you had to do the same thing, right? Like, and then we install our own uh, Premiere into the computers. Yeah. Um, yep. Which probably somebody else might be using. You don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's I. I was just so blown away once because I remember. I remember seeing. Well, Zach, you remember this when we saw Ryan and and people using Pro Tools and stuff. And I thought, well, okay, so that's Avid software. I had assumed then that you'd be learning Avid Media Composer for editing video. But I was like, no. And then and then I was talking to some students, I forget who it was, but like a year above us. And they were saying like, dude, they don't even teach us how to use Premiere here. Like they, they, yeah. they, they, they don't even offer it. Like just as part of their like, their software suite necessarily. Like they have Final Cut 7, like an old version of Final <laughs> Cut. <laughs> like what <laughs> i remember thinking like damn i'm i'm super because have you used that final cut that final cut if you're sitting on an editing session for one hour that thing will crash 60 times yeah <laughs> i'm not joking about it. it yeah never can handle anything that we are given um, uh, or any any of the video files or the original sources can handle in uh, also the computers cannot handle most uh, most of our files mm-hmm. but um, on top of that, this glitchy as um, um, software, which we, which I think probably our grandparents might be using, is what <laughs> we were using. Yeah, yeah, and and plus the fact that like they had some pretty beefy Mac Pros in there, but they would still like they were not using software, or I don't think they upgraded the OSs to the point where I think I remember. I don't know how you experienced this, but. Do you guys ever shoot on the C300 Mark IIs that they got, like halfway through our degree? Did you guys ever use those? Yeah, I, I'm like, not sure if it was Mark III or Mark II. I think Mark II, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. How was, I, I remember hearing that like just import, for some people, just importing that footage, like especially some of like the larger raw 4K That's files. That's what I said. Yeah, like it, it crashes. The import, the, it, it never, um, especially read. We, yeah. <laughs> uh, dude, I, um, we had, that's what I like, you know, the, going back to what I started at the beginning of this uh, podcast, when I said the whole ecumen uh, room confusion and miscommunication with the, with the professors and the faculty in the ecumen room, um, we were supposed to shoot our third year film in uh, C300, which is what the standard, um, but then we had to use the red, uh, which is the older red. and. First of all, that thing is heavy, really mm. heavy. <laughs> and um, I don't know whether Moses or uh, Zach, have you guys used Red before, like uh, for your own film or like being on a set where you, they have used Red? Uh, the media. I mean, Curry. Didn't we use the Red on Curry? Yes, yes. That's what yeah, I, was, I don't know enough about equipment to really discuss on this level. This so just keep going. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but uh, the media transfer on that stuff was it's really chaotic. If you know, oh, like uh, red is a lot of people don't like red because of how they export and import of the uh, uh, the, the, the the files work. And um, with that, we had such a hard time. I'm glad that um, Ryan had his own device, which could which could easily handle uh, the the um, the files. That's the only way I finished. Curry. If I was relying on York. 
I will be still editing Curry right now. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Jeez. has like his Frankenstein computer that he built. Yeah. Luckily. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and think about that, that that like we pay so much at York, much? our tuitions, yeah, and yeah. and they can't even upgrade like the what was it? They had the they weren't even like red epics or red dragons, which no, can shoot up to like um, they were like red ones. Rep- Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which can all, I think they could get up to 4K, but or maybe even just 2K. I don't 4. even. 4.6. I think I'm not. I might be wrong. I think it was 4.6. Like the camera okay. is pretty brilliant, but it does. Okay, when a camera, you get a camera. The things that they we get with the camera should be for the camera as well. Mm-hmm. York had red, and they had the tripods and tripods and um, sliders and all the other stuff, which is meant for C300. And if I'm uh, not wrong, I think the C3, I think the red is as heavy as three C300s. Yeah, yeah, it's like, but, like one of them is like 13 pounds and then the other one's like seven pounds. Like it's like, yes. very, it is, <laughs> it's nearly double. It's so, and we, we plan that film with a lot of movement. I Like it's not a very static, stay at one spot kind of like it's not on sticks kind of film it's a lot of moving around with that film um and if you have you we have seen curry right i have mm-hmm. used um a totally different format uh, uh camera on it which is basically the dji osmo mm. uh, which basically gives you like a, the gopro kind of looking footage so you can it was so jarring of a switch from that footage to the red footage, but I didn't have an option because my film that I, I imagined in that kind of tone, it kind of, it moves from one place to another. Mm. And with red, I cannot even lift it from one side of the room to the other side of the room. <laughs> I remember my DP and uh, two assistants, like I think the gaffer at one point needs to hold the camera as well. If, Sam, our DP, had to make uh, adjustments with the camera, lens switch, or even fixing uh, um, the monitor on top of the camera was difficult just doing it alone. Hmm. Yeah, I, oh man, that just, because <laughs> I remember hearing like, yeah, like, uh, it's like, oh, you get to shoot with reds. And I was like, that sounds pretty interesting. But, and yeah. then I looked up like all the stuff you have to learn how, you know, it's, you almost need a technician, especially to shoot with like a red, I, I don't maybe know if maybe the red one is a little more user-friendly, but I remember, uh, this is kind of a side story just about red though. Like the, the at Canada's Wonderland, there was this one point where I, when I was working there, uh, there was a couple, it's Wonderland. A, I know, I know I'll, it's quick though. It's, it's a quick story of they were shooting on a red Epic, I think. Um, mm-hmm. for their wedding video because they were doing their wedding video at Canada's oh, Wonderland and um, <laughs> okay sorry yeah, <laughs> yeah it was it was a, it was an interesting choice um mm-hmm. nonetheless it um while it was there I, I was curious and like they were uh, they had like a full camera team like like four people just pretty much on camera which I mean that, that I guess that makes sense but it, it was a bigger budget wedding shoot I don't, I don't exactly know what the current situation is but they were like oh yeah it broke like during or not it broke but like their guys didn't know how to uh something was at least going wrong that they had to like call a red technician to like come to wonderland oh my god yeah it was like it was amazing it was like this guy 
um, they paid for his ticket entry for like 15 minutes because he came. And I, they, the only reason I know about this is because they, they happened to be standing right near my, my caricature stand when this was all happening. And I was kind of yeah. talking to, the, to one of the guys on the camera team. Yeah. And this guy just comes in and he's in like his, his work outfit. Like he's wearing, <laughs> anyway, it, it's, it was just very funny. But yeah. it, it just boggles my mind to think that this institution, York, is like, yeah, we can just, you know, mix and match equipment from these very different cameras. We can just give these first and second year students these really hard cameras to figure out and lift and move. It just, I don't know, it boggled my mind. Very last minute, very last minute. And this is not, we should not, well, I I like the look of Fred. Don't get me wrong. I, this is mm-hmm. kind of gorgeous. And a lot of Indian cinema uh, is shot on uh, red. And hmm. they're, uh, the, some of them are like the staples of, uh, like, you know, the how it looks aesthetically. And I really like it, especially the colors and red is gorgeous. Um, but we were not ready, number one. Number two, it's a mishap that ha- happened between um, our professor and the professor did not email on time uh, to the person who was going to sign out our documents. So he, without knowing that, gave the documents to someone else. And we don't wow. have another schedule. And yeah, sounds no, like we, York. Yeah, dude, Zach, this is our life, eh? Thinking about yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't mean to. I don't mean to interrupt this, but we are. Uh, we're coming up on our time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I don't. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like cut this short, but I feel. But like, yeah, yeah. This is interesting, though. I didn't. Yeah. It was nice that I got to take a little bit of a backseat for the last half of this talk because, like, I don't <laughs> know enough about equipment to like get on this, and yeah. nor did I deal with the equipment room as much as you do, Mr. Sarth. Yeah, yeah. Me and Sam had. The worst time. I think I really wish Sam was in it. He'll start crying about uh, anything that happened. You know, he has a lot of stories, and I would just go with Sam to just see the interaction he had with uh, Marcus and Marcus and Sam. They had this relationship. It was just funny. Just, Sam is so scared of him because he believes that if he um, if he gets if he if he gets on the bad side of Marcus, he's going to give us bad documents. Even though if he's on a good side, you still get bad documents, just saying. Yeah, I was going to say, like, <laughs> yeah, you as, guys... if, as if he had, like, the secret room with all the good shit. Right, right. <laughs> good or bad. And that you act like however you want to act, he's going to give you a terrible equipment. But I don't yeah. think it's Joey either. I think he might have his own constraints. We'll, we'll try to reach out to Sam. Maybe he can come on as a guest at some point. some point, you should. It should be yeah. interesting. Thank you for... Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Thank you for coming on the podcast at Art. Seriously, I really appreciate it. Thank, thank you so much for having me again. It's also like it's really nice to talk about all this uh, so many years after, and also connecting and like Moses doesn't know a lot of stories that yeah. went in our production. You, Zach, you and me, we went to this in in this together, so we know a lot yes. about it. <laughs> There's really like nice. there are, there are still like fifty stories we didn't get into on this episode yeah, that we like even know. more. Cooler stories. I think we can just make a film out of our film school experience and we can do pretty good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually that's actually a pretty good idea from the sounds of it. Especially like just imagine just a short based on what you guys were talking about earlier with that actor who kind of had it start started having a panic attack. That's that's attack, already yeah. like, oh man, tense situation. Yeah, yeah no, I really want to make <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> so that was that was kind of mean but yeah sorry <laughs> it's so true it's true it's really true it's just i think 
I know. I really want to show at one point. I hope I get the chance to make a film about it. I think it's really important that at least a future generation knows about how a film school works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Okay, we will. We'll we we will work. We will talk about that for sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, thank you for coming on today, Ma. I mean, Sadar. <laughs> it was my pleasure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was nice to actually go back to like our usual, uh, like our usual podcast episodes after like like two Halloween episodes of us yelling at each other about movies and TV right, shows. Right. Just uh, talking about film school right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, thank you for coming on and uh, we'll have you again sometime. We'll reach out to other awesome. people too. Awesome. Oh yeah. We're definitely going to have you on again. There, there's still yeah, so much more to, to get into. Oh, a lot to talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks again, right. guys. No problem. Uh, pleasure. Pleasure. No, thank you. We really appreciate yeah. it. Seriously. Yeah. All right, guys. Okay. I Went to Film School is recorded in Toronto, Canada, and produced by Zach Gladstone and Anthony Moss.